0: So I still remember I had made this transition in my life. I would say it was spirit-initiated and fueled. It was something that was in the making for quite a while, and while it would and does continue to this day to develop, that day yesterday passed was a good day. Even my dad knew it, okay? Even my dad knew it. You know that for years I was like kind of a screw-up, and like, okay, so my, this was a good day, right? He did offer one piece of dad-like advice, If you're going to preach, couldn't you dress a little nicer? (laughs) So Jesus, could you tell my dad today I have a suit on for him, for you, not because I think I have to look a certain way to impress, Jesus. And by the way, if you're here today in cutoffs, you're in the right spot, okay? No problem, right? Like I said, I don't think I have to dress a certain way to impress you or my dad, but because the old me would have said, don't you dare tell me what to wear. And the new me is a little less spicy when it comes to such assertions of personal agency. For you, Dad. Now, for tomorrow, I'll probably be wearing shorts. Happy Father's Day. One of my favorite dad stories, okay? And you know that I've been like like pretty transparent. There was a lot of bad lessons I learned from my dad, uh, but there was a lot of good lessons I learned from my dad, right? You know, so often in history we want to focus on one or the other, not both, right? Okay, so I remember once, okay, so we lived out in the country and uh, garden and all these things and wood pile and we were renewable before it was cool. And, uh, and there was this woodchuck, okay? And woodchucks are just kind of a nuisance. Not much more than that, really. They'll dig some holes, they'll undermine some stuff, but they're really, they're really not going to hurt you unless you get cornered by one or something like that, right? My dad hated wood checks. He also hated blue jays, but that's a different story for a different time. So this wood check was out at his wood pile, right? And each time he would open the front door to attempt to uh, exterminate the villain, the wood check would disappear because he'd hear the door open. So what does my dad do? He has a, it was a... Well, I actually have it. It's, it's a little Ithaca bolt action chambered in a 6mm, 80-grain bullet, okay, and uh, just incredibly flat-shooting cartridge, okay, just... And, and so he had it ready to go, but he put it by the kitchen sink. We're a little redneck, right? <laughs> just a little. Sure enough, the woodchuck bears shows itself. Dad slowly cranks open the window. Touches one off in the house. High-velocity rifle, 3,400 feet per second, 80 grains of love sent to a woodchuck that was literally turned inside out. <laughs> just one of my favorite dad stories, right? I mean, this is so cool. Okay, because it was such a great success last week, uh, dad joke of the week, okay, we won't do this the whole summer, but because it's Father's Day, and this is a really good one, right? Okay, so the, the Mommy T-Rex... You know where this is going right now, right? The mommy T-Rex says to the daddy T-Rex, how much do you love me? You know where this is going, don't you? The daddy T-Rex says, I love you this much. (laughs) The mommy T-Rex says, that's not very much. (laughs) I just love that one. Verse 10, Hebrews 13. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. We're talking Old Testament, okay? It's a little cryptic, okay? And it's a little bit yesterday. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Do you ever just like break into Beatles songs? Like I was getting my hair cut and uh, someone said, hey, you're number six on the list. And I'm like, that's better than being number nine, number nine, number nine, Beatles number nine, Beatles White Album. <laughs> it's a point of reference, but also a point of departure, both uh, the Beatles reference and the text in verse 10. The point of reference is this, the sacrificial system, Right? Some of the sacrifices, okay, that the people brought, okay, would be eligible to be the protein for the priests and the Levites, okay? The Levites didn't have their own land. The Levites are this larger group of people within the nation of Israel, and then a subset of the Levites are the priests, okay? There's also other people that are responsible for the music, another responsible that are for cleaning, okay? So the Levites, okay, are serving God. They don't have land, they don't have agriculture, they don't have animals, they're dependent on the provision of God via the people of God. It's where we get the idea. Like, I I get paid to work at Timberwood Church. The idea of that comes out of this Old Testament practice. Okay, It's a New Testament version, but it comes out of this idea. Okay. Now, some of the animals that were brought that were to be sacrificed could then be used by the Levites as their source of protein. They would take it home and they would eat it. But some of the animals were not eligible to be a protein source. They were to be completely and totally burned outside the camp. So the priest, those that served the tent, were not eligible. They had no right to eat. That's the point of reference. The point of departure, the author of Hebrews is saying, so like that, Jesus and his sacrifice, which was for sin. Now, the imagery for a first-century Hebrew would have been an aha moment of, oh, I get it. The groundwork for understanding who Jesus is was laid by years of animal sacrifice, the blood of which made the forgiveness of sins possible, but only in a temporal sense. And now Jesus' blood makes forgiveness possible, in an eternal sense. And that the highest sacrifices in the Old Testament system of doing things, Leviticus 16, if you prefer, the red heifer in Numbers 19.3, were to be completely and totally destroyed outside the walls of the city. Ergo, when Jesus dies, he dies outside the walls of the city. And it's like this Rubik's cube that is solved, right? Right? And likes Rubik's Cube, not everyone gets it. Not everyone wants to learn it. But the imagery is powerful. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. It's connected. We start from a place of history and understanding. We start in yesterday. But this is better. This is new. This isn't something that has to be repeated. This is eternal. But you have to be willing to get outside to get to the place where God is. And here's where the challenge is, right? Because being outside the camp, being outside the the city, wasn't a place that you wanted to be, okay? Literally or metaphorically, okay? metaphorically to be outside the city to be outside the camp was a a, a reproach was a you're cut off from your people okay you you were literally like distance between the good guys and the bad guys and you're like wait a second I thought I was one of the good guys nope you're one of the bad guys you're outside the camp it was also the place of hard work it was the place where agriculture took place it was the place where the villains were where danger you kept one eye open There was effort outside the camp. There was trade and commerce that would happen because people were willing to come from the outside in. It's a place where you needed, to quote my dad, to bear down. You needed to be fully present. You needed to be engaged. Your spider sense needed to be on high if you were outside the gate, if you were outside the walls. Remember a couple weeks ago when we said, you know, chin up, shoulders back, body engaged, ready for action. You know, fully present in the environment, ready to do the hard work. And that's the challenge. Because we don't like to live outside the gate. We don't like to do the hard work that needs to be done. We want to do what we think needs to be done. And this idea is moved from the literal to the figurative. From the actual physical effort, because some of us would say, No, 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 I'm really willing to work outside the hard gate. I, I'm willing to work super hard. You should see how hard I work. I agree completely. The literal moves to the spiritual. And the hard work, therefore, let us go outside the camp, verse 13, and bear the reproach he endured. It's identity with Christ the hard work outside the gate, whatever sphere is becoming like Christ. It's meeting Christ. It's getting outside the camp where we get to a place we think we don't deserve. It's getting outside the plant camp, getting to a place we think we don't deserve to be so we can become what we are designed to be. And it's hard. It's super hard. Getting outside of ourselves, getting outside of this carefully curated sense of who we think we are, it's so much safer to stay inside the walls, right? So much safer to, to not have to engage with, with being challenged to change or, 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 or our behavior. And and this is one of those moments, right, in the life at Timberwood Church, okay, and we've encountered them before, where we're like, this isn't for the person sitting next to you, because we get into this other guy syndrome, right? When we say something challenging, okay, many of us think, well, this is for the person sitting next to me, or this is for a person that I can think of that needs to hear this. No, this this is for you. This is for me. I mean, I can guarantee right now, especially among guys, it's less of a problem for the ladies, but especially for the guys. There will be guys who will be here today who will say, this is not my problem, I don't have a problem with this at all. And I can guarantee you, you do. (laughs) You have such a big problem. And the first problem is you can't even admit you have a problem. I'm not crying, although I would be willing to cry if it would make a difference. I just have a really bad cold. (laughs) No one wanted to hear that amplified. We often think on Father's Day, give, give me something because I'm the father. But, but, but here's the what for a guy on Father's Day. Here's the what for a guy on Father's Day, even if you're not a father. I don't care if you're a father. These earthly labels and holidays that we manufacture so we can sell greeting cards and golf course rounds, I just say it doesn't matter to me. Just man up. Man up and be like Christ. Come on. Do the work necessary. Embrace the challenge. Ask the question. And I say it to myself first. What needs to change here? And there is not a guy sitting here today who doesn't have stuff that needs to change. Do not think you are escaping my energy right now. And I know it starts with me. I know I'm the biggest problem to my own personal spiritual formation. But, but I ask you with everything that I have, while I have your attention for a short period of time, get outside the wall and realize the work that needs to be done. Why? Funny you ask. Verse 14. For here we have no lasting city, but, he, but we seek the city that is yet to come. It's the classic. Do you want this, or do you want behind curtain number two? For here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is yet to come. This shouldn't imply or, or, or move us along a direction that we shouldn't care about that which is around us that we shouldn't care for, for the plight of our neighbor or that we shouldn't care about the environment or that we shouldn't care about, you know, whether or not we dump a gallon of oil in, in a lake, okay? No, it, it, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about the creation that we've been afforded the opportunity to live in. That's a gift from God, okay? What it does mean is that all of the temporary governments that we put so much time, energy, power, and passion into, they don't last. They don't last. They don't last. They're not eternal. Not not a single human governed entity is eternal. Not a single one. I love where I live I love the passport that I carry just got back from a trip to Italy (laughs) love carrying a US passport great home court advantage don't get me wrong it's not eternal and for the person who has gotten outside of the wall one of the things they come to the realization is we seek a city that is yet to come now careful because through the history of christianity like the first 300 years there wasn't a big problem because christians weren't viewed with favor by the government okay persecuted killed had to hide had to be okay but christianity grew even so and around 300 okay this guy by the name of constantine declares the holy roman empire christian okay okay well not the holy roman empire declares the empire of rome christian and it will become later known as the holy roman empire right and up until that point, there really wasn't a problem with overrealizing eschatology. But from that day, I would argue, the church has struggled to not overrealize its eschatology. The church has sought to create in this physical realm an eternal kingdom. And this text says this physical realm isn't an eternal kingdom. And if you want to go into more on this, we can. I'd love to. I love this discussion, this topic, but please don't overrealize your eschatology. True, it's good to want what's in the future, but today we're not gonna get it. Now again, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be followers of Christ and engage with the world around us in our sphere of influence. But but the text says it's right there. And it's not even a bad translation. That's a good translation. We have no lasting city, but seek the city that is yet to come. Verse 15. Sacrifice is over? No. The answer would be no. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. First off, it's important to note there's no ors, O-R's, O-R apostrophe S's. Is that how we do that? It, it's not an or, okay? It's not a, well, if I, I can offer a sacrifice of praise to God, God, you're great, you're creator, you're powerful, you're gracious, you're omnipotent, you're um, omniscient, you are uh, compassionate, you're loving, you're just, you're righteous, or help those in need. There's no or. Are the sacrifices over? Nope. In a move that Peter would approve, the sacrifices go from animals to anthems. They go from cows to horses. They, they go from the work of the hands to the work of the mind and the lips. Praising God, acknowledging the name of God and doing good because that's a sacrifice as well and sharing what you have because that's a sacrifice as well. And so the text leaves us at this moment of reflecting on what yesterday was like, what today will be, and what kind of future do we want. This last week I was invited to a meeting, and I'm always interested when I'm invited to meetings because often I evaluate, well, can I actually do any good? And this meeting was about um, um, the food shelf up in Pequot Lakes, and I don't run a food shelf, I don't know much about a food shelf, I, I eat food, but I don't know that that makes me an effort expert you know it's always intriguing to me how how a person is a is pretty good in one thing that they do and then and then they like to generalize and think they would be good at everything no no i'm okay at what i do okay i'll acknowledge that and i'm probably next to worthless in any other area that you would ask me about what do you think i should do here i have no idea don't know what it means to be a surgeon at any rate, so I get invited to this thing, and, and, and so they have this discussion because, because the, the, the food shelf in Pequot Lakes is at this an inflection point where they want to, they're wondering, should they do more than, than serve food? Because they're, they're, um, the individuals that come as, as uh, customers are, have greater needs than just food. And, and I'm like, I don't... I, I, I don't know how to solve these problems you know these are intractable problems I mean they can't be solved easily I don't know what to do I said I said what I would do is I would ask and I used the wrong phrase okay because they recently got a new director and 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 the new director now refers to the individuals that that get food at the food shelf not as customers or patrons or or individuals who are dependent upon the food shelf but as friends and neighbors because it's our friends and neighbors who are hungry, not someone else. At any rate, I said I would ask, I would ask the people that that use this service, what what do they need? They have a better idea of what's going on. It seemed like they really didn't want that as an answer, so I was like, okay, whatever, I just, you know, the meeting's over, I get up, walk out. Then I see the new director. I had no idea who it was, Kathy Adams. (laughs) Of course it's Kathy Adams. Of course Kathy Adams would be the new director directing the food shelf. When I talk to Kathy Adams, I feel like I'm talking to a movie star. I kid you not. And we we made an arrangement to have a a meeting the next day, and, and we sat and talked, and she told me a story about this one guy. Lives in a homeless camp. She's like, did you know there's a homeless camp? two miles away, three miles away from where we're at right now. I'm like, I had no idea. I think we should put the homeless camps on the, on the shores of Gull Lake. I kid you not. You're like, out for a cruise, going to Ernie's. You're like, well, what's that? Oh, that's Holman Point. Well, what's that? Well, that's Grandview. What's that? That's Dutchman's Bluff. What's that? Rocky Point. What's that? Oh, that's the homeless camp. It would create a greater sense of awareness, don't you think? I mean, because part of the problem is, is, is you don't know about the need if you don't see the need. So let's put the homeless camp on the shores of Gull Lake, okay? So she tells me a story about this homeless camp, right? A dozen or so individuals. And one guy last year got really cold. Remember it got really cold? He got really, really cold. Frost is his one leg. Okay, kind of recovers from that, but then he gets a tooth infection. Then the infection goes to his foot, to the frostbitten area, And basically the only option is to cut the foot off to save the life. I had no idea. I I had no idea. And yeah, I probably can't buy this guy a home or even build this guy a home. But maybe we could buy him a 40 below sleeping bag, so if he does want to sleep outside, at least he wouldn't get cold enough where he's going to get frostbit and have to have his leg amputated. I mean, couldn't we do that? I, I don't pretend I can solve the intractable problems in the world, but, but can I solve one person's problem? M- maybe. I mean, doesn't it seem like if we're aware of the need, that a guy shouldn't have to lose his leg because he's cold? I mean, isn't, doesn't it seem like there's enough collective wisdom and wealth in this room to make sure that if a guy wants to engage, and I get some people just want to be on the outskirts and don't want anyone telling them what to do. I get, I get that. If someone doesn't want to be helped, don't try to help them. But for the guy that wants to help, for the guy who would like to sleep in a warm sleeping bag, wouldn't it, wouldn't it seem like we could solve that problem? <laughs> what, what, wouldn't it seem like we could do enough good to make a difference in one person's life? And that's what the text is talking about. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you want, call up Kathy Adams at the food shelf this afternoon or tomorrow and say, hey, I'm willing to buy a $1,000 40 below sleeping bag so that if someone wants to sleep outside because they're homeless, they don't have to lose a foot. Wouldn't that be cool? What problems exist? Intractable in their global scope, yes. But for one person, could we could we solve the problem? I think that's what the author of Hebrews is asking for. That that we praise God with our lips that we join together, that we sing songs of faith, that we tell stories of of how our lives have been changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and we do good. And we share our stuff. And in that, we find ourselves outside the camp like Christ. Please pray with me. Father, the power of Your Word is unmistakable, and certainly we illustrate it with our stories. But the words are there, Father. We tar- are to experience Your grace and mercy. We are to experience the forgiveness of sin through through a relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and we're to share. We're to be conduits of grace. Enable us, O oh great God, to experience your salvation in such a powerful way that it leaves us with no alternative but to seek a way and to share it. Allow us to praise your name with our lips and offer sacrifices of ourselves to those that are around us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I invite you to please